Hello and welcome back to the Gender Agenda podcast. I am joined by the lovely Eben and Dr. Emma, and we are having a conversation regarding all things healthcare and STEM, and particularly discussing career trajectories, their individual journeys, uh, and some of the challenges and wins that they faced along the way. Now, in part one of our conversation, we discussed uh, around the uh, various starting routes uh, into their careers. Uh, that's both from an academic perspective, but also so that place of passion and what they've gone on to do in terms of creating platforms such as the House of Medics. Now, I'm a big advocate uh, of the House of Medics, a big believer in it uh, and the great impact that it's been having directly and indirectly, but most importantly, the, the reach um, and the community that's budding there. So I want to delve into that a bit more and just really understand some of the challenges perhaps that you have found in uh, starting or creating this community community and things maybe that you didn't anticipate when you started House of Medics uh, and how you navigated those. Uh, I'll start with Dr. Emma. Um, in terms of the challenges, um, I think like I said in episode one, one of the great things about House of Medics is it was born organically out of things that we're already doing and it was just really um, you know, providing the platform and the exposure to the great work that has already been taken by place by all our founders individually and bringing it together. In terms of challenges, I think probably, I have to say the biggest one is just time. There's so much that um, I know we want to do, but all of us are healthcare professionals, we all work full time. (laughs) There's no one that has spare time per se, but we all sacrifice to get it done because we believe in the vision. Um, But really just having the you know, the time to be able to sit down and really plan and to grow it exactly how we want it to grow. And, you know, I think also as well, another challenge I'd say is learning the other side. So like I said, the organic bits, the mentoring, the socialising, all that stuff we've been doing, but actually now, you know, the financial side, you know, registering stuff on Companies House, um, grant applications, all these things that we've had to learn. Which, to be honest, I probably wouldn't describe as a challenge. You know, it's an opportunity to learn new skills, um, which definitely contribute to um, our, our portfolios as leaders to be able to do these things. So, yeah, I think those are the main things, just being able to do that alongside you know your job because Evan will tell you most people who work in healthcare are just about <laughs> coping with that so there's stuff that we do on top you know often it's not easy but it's definitely rewarding. Great and you mentioned the vision there do you want to expand more on kind of where the trajectory you see House of Medics taking over the next couple of years? Mm. So I think I would also like to say one of the things that really tipped me off into registering it officially as a society as a community is that Um, There was a conversation being had in the office and we have all these societies that we all sign up for as medics. So for doctors, it's the Royal Society of Medicine. Mm -hmm. For Eben, it would be Royal Society of Pharmacists. Um, There's that. And then there are all these colleges as well. So the Royal College of Physicians, Royal College of Surgeons. And then specifically for dermatology, there's a British Association of Dermatology. All these things we sign up for Mm -hmm. and we pay a subscription to be a part of these communities. But nobody there knows me. I don't feel like I really gain anything apart from maybe access to lectures, access to a library. You know, there's no personal touch there. And we're talking... We were talking about it in the office that, you know, one of my colleagues said, I'm not signing up for RSM this this year. I can, so RSM being Royal Society of Medicine. Mm. She just said, I don't know why I'm giving them £300. I'm not signing up for it this year. 
Um, and everyone, you know, of course, everyone chipped in the conversation. It became, you know, this ranting about how these societies don't do anything for us. And I went back home and I actually researched that when these societies were started, they were just small groups of people that were like, we're a group of doctors or we're a group of surgeons. We need to be able to support each other to share um, you know, things that we've learned to make sure that we're practicing as best as we can. And that's how it was always meant to be. It was meant to be a family within medicine, and that's been completely lost. Um, and that's really one of the things that we want to achieve with the House of Medics to bring that community feel back to medicine. Brilliant. Brilliant. Love that. Eben, before we move the conversation slightly on, I know in season one, we touched on your varying career in different bits and aspects of pharmacy, which sounds quite entrepreneurial from just reading your profile and, and things like that. So when you got into the field and of course you're practicing, what is it that sets you off to get involved in these various uh I suppose, sectors uh, within pharmacy, which I think is a slightly different route, if I'm not mistaken, to maybe your, your standard traditional pharmacist. Yes. Um, so like you said, it's not really the standard route. Um, but for me, I've always been somebody that I like new experiences and I like to learn um, and I like to challenge myself. So if I feel like I'm doing something and I'm not being challenged, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, you would find that a lot in community pharma pharmacy. Um, it's very much the same thing every day. And for me, it got to a point where I said, no, I need to um, stimulate my mind. So I looked into various other sectors and the one that really stands out from um, for me is working um, for a health cons healthcare consultancy. Um, so I did that for a year. They actually um, recruited me. Somebody sent me an email um, and said, hey, we've got this opportunity. And I, I wasn't sure about it because it was very different from um, traditional pharmacy. But um, it was a year long um um, contract so I said okay why not you know let me just do it and learn a lot and it like you said like it was very business-minded so um, dealing with accounts you're dealing with finances you're dealing with people closing deals I had to travel a lot to different hospitals sometimes in Cambridge um, it's a Birmingham so I think for me it was a great experience and not many um people understand like you can transfer skills you know you don't have to to limit yourself so if you have you know opportunities like that um yeah then why not go for it you know I was young at the time I think I was 22 <laughs> so I said yeah why not <laughs> brilliant 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 so my interest, I think, with regards to the healthcare and STEM in particular has always been around how, I suppose, in any industry, we get more women into leadership positions, right? Because ultimately, I think it, it goes without saying, and, and the research is out there, the benefits of having more diversity, whether that's diversity of thought, diversity of gender, and all these various intersectionalities. But again, I can only speak from my experience in my constituency, but with regards to I suppose particularly the healthcare industry there's a lot out there to suggest that while there's been I suppose movement uh, in having more women enter the industry it's again uh, a slightly um, different conversation when we're talking about women in leadership position in particular in the UK uh, and the NHS so Dr. Emma you've described your journey so far and um, what seems to be a a future aspiration of, of continuing to progress in your career. What has that been for you? Because I certainly, looking at your profile and knowing you, would 
tag you and, and hopefully you, you would agree that you are a, um, certainly a, 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 a leader in, in your industry and that's you know to your own merit, gender aside, race aside, you're trailblazing in your field, right? And I suppose that comes with its own challenges and wins. So what has your experience been working for the NHS with regards to this conversation around gender, but particularly with regards to leadership? Um, Thank you for that. I think, if I'm completely honest, I haven't seen my gender really um, hold me back massively because in terms of what I do in the NHS, you know, I followed that trajectory. But what, in terms of doctors, you don't really start to see the big gap until, like you said, you get to the senior leadership positions. Interesting. Um, yeah, so for, so I went to Imperial College, like you said, which, of course, is a university that only does STEM. Um, and there was literally the joke that all the other subjects were probably, you know, 80, maybe even 90% males, except medicine. I think it was like 55% women and 45% men. Oh, interesting. Yeah, for my year. So medicine actually is pretty much, you know, 50-50 at the beginning. And everyone will sort of go through. But it's when you get more senior, um, of course, women start going on maternity leave or they start deciding to work part time because they want a bit more work life balance. And because, you know, maybe, of course, I'm being very generalizing here, but because maybe women aren't willing to put, you know, all their time into medicine, I think that's one of the big reasons why we don't see them in these high up leadership positions and it's because there's a lack of flexibility there so you know the person that decides to you know do all the you know do become a consultant quickly finish their training quickly and then does all the extra leadership stuff because it takes more hours of their week you know often that person ends up being a man and that's why we see that you know even though there'll be gender equality up to a point as soon as you get to the senior leadership positions you know the gap is so evident So I think that is one of the big things. And then, if I can say as well, there are lots of specialties, notoriously things like surgery, that are very male-dominated and that women certainly have to work, you know, much harder. And why why is that out of interest with regards to those certain areas? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are described as, you know, old boys clubs, quite sexist even, um, to the point where, you know, jokes are made, you know, against women. I've, I've been sitting at the table as a junior doctor hearing surgeons, um, you know, say things that are completely inappropriate about women because that culture just allowed it to be acceptable within surgery, whereas that could never happen in dermatology. But there's a culture that's been accepted within certain specialties. Will it change? Probably, yes, I think it will. But it's going to take a lot of, um, you know, people who just decide that that culture is not okay and stand up against it. Brilliant. Love that. And you mentioned there, of course, with regards to, I suppose, that journey really starting from academics and that whether that's university and college. So, Eben, my question to you then is, what can be done to encourage more women, girls in particular, to pursue academic studies around STEM, typically when I, when I refer STEM, for those who may not be aware, that's science, technology, engineering and maths. What can uh, we do to encourage? Because, again, really, it's at those kind of early careers um, or early stages in careers that uh, some of these conversations matter. So, in your opinion, what can be done? Um, I think there are a few things that can be done. So first, firstly, um, my mind goes to platforms like House of Medics. Um, that's a platform that 
young women can see and they can, like I've said earlier um, today, they can see women that look like them. Um, so I was lucky to have somebody come into my college at the time. So I, I just think young people need that interaction. They need to be engaged because that wasn't in my mind at the time. So, you know, if it's in my mind at the time that that's possible, I'm thinking about now, is it in the mind of a young person that that's possible with with social media, with certain things that are glamorized? They might not even be thinking about science or maths or technology, but uh, a young woman that's gifted in that area, she needs to see somebody doing well and excelling. And that's just the truth. Young people need inspiration. If we're thinking back when we were younger, we had inspiration. We had things that we wanted to, to, to become. And I think that's the first step. So obviously you have platforms like um, House of Medics. Uh, social media is a big one. STEM is a huge thing on Twitter. It's huge on Instagram as well. There's so many um, amazing things that people are doing. I always try to post because I have a, a few young people that follow me um, f- f- that are trying to get into the field of pharmacy. So I, I try to do things that are engaging um, just so that they can see um, different sides of, of the field. Um, I definitely So actually support. creating content on social media platforms to engage exactly. young people. Definitely. Fantastic. Because um, social media, <laughs> the world of social media is so huge. Um, it, it has a bad, a bad side, but I, I believe that there's um, always a positive. So why not use it for positive? Yeah, um, control the narrative. Po- exactly. Why not use it for, for positive things? Um, and again, I think a huge thing is confidence. Um, when you're a young woman, because of the world we live in, it can stem as view, viewed as very masculine. And if you don't have that confidence in yourself, you would shy away from it. Um, so building the com- confidence, uh, and I think that's through mentorship. I think one time uh, my mentor, he he spoke to me and he said that, um, why do, do females look at certain jobs and they don't apply for it? Uh, because they think they don't have the skills but a man whether or not he has the skills he he just has that boldness even probably has less of the skills exactly less of the skills (laughs) but he will just go for it um you know men have that that boldness about them um and i think this is another it it will go into another discussion if i start speaking about the difference in personality types um, and how women are viewed in the workplace i I won't go into that um, but i think definitely building the confidence of our young women um to let them believe that they can do anything they want to do. That's something that I tell any young person I speak to. You can be anything you decide to, to be. And I stand by that. Um, so if we have more people that are inspiring and motivating the younger generation, I think we will see more um, young women in the STEM industry. Brilliant. I love that. Any final words for our guests, whether that's those that are tuned in for the first time, how they can connect with you, what's uh, coming next and where we can expect to hear from you more. Uh, Over to you, Dr. Emma, to close off. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. This has been really, really fun. Um, Always very grateful for the platform. I would say um, definitely, as you have said, if you'd like to know more about the House of Medics, we're on all media platforms and social media platforms. Literally type in House of Medics and we will come up. And once you get to the platform, you'll find me also. So if you want to find me, please do um, send a DM to the, um, any of the accounts. It will definitely work its way around to me um, via a member of the team. But definitely, I love how Eben ended. There, There is no 
ceiling to refuse to see them anything that you want to do within the healthcare space you definitely can do it's an extremely flexible place um, there's so much room to maneuver that's one thing I love about healthcare and as you've seen from Evan's story there are so many things you can do you know after you get your primary degree and whatever you choose so definitely um, you know there's no reason to be caged or to feel like you're stuck in anything um, be adaptable and anything you decide to do, you know, there's definitely room to do it. And if you don't believe it, um, send us a DM and we will convince you. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that. And Evan? Um, I think Dr. Emma ended it perfectly. But once again, thank you very much for um, having me on the platform. I really, really enjoyed this discussion. Um, so you can also find me um, on the House of Medics platform or my personal Instagram, which I believe um, Faith will link somewhere um yes, but definitely. my my last words would be to believe in yourself and believe in community I think growing up we were taught to be very self-centered um and single-minded but you know doing something by yourself will be much harder um than It'll take you longer a, as well exactly and take you longer than doing it with a community so yeah don't look down on the people around you that are here to help Brilliant. Love that. And I think that really echoes what we stand for here uh, on this platform, which is community, the power and community, the power of storytelling and really just inspiring one life at a time through one story at a time. I have been your host, Faith in the City, uh, and join me next week where we'll be having more conversations with more young, inspiring women. In particular today, as I said, I've been joined by Eben and Dr. Emma, and I will link all their social media platforms, including House of Medics, on this page today. If you want to hear more from us then we're on spotify we're also on apple podcasts and available on anchor fm at the gender agenda podcast and of course you can connect with myself at faith in the city and that's on linkedin as well as instagram it has been a great pleasure to have you both on ladies i bid you a great evening and stay tuned for more coming up for the gender agenda podcast thank you